everybody. Cody here with Drew Code Sports Talk. On this episode of the podcast, we will be talking about the NBA All-Star Game and the new format. Also, we'll be talking about the weekend festivities of the NBA All-Star, such as the dunk contest, three-point shootout, and the skills competition. And we will be talking about a little bit of uh, the XFL of Week 2 that just happened. Uh, if this episode sounds a little different, it is. Unfortunately, Drew is sick for the week, so I am doing a solo show. But have no fear, he will be better and will be back next week. But he also will be releasing a solo episode giving his opinion on the Houston Astros sign-stealing uh, sign scandal. Ooh, that's a mouthful. Anyways, guys, again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Let's hop right into it. So this past Sunday, the NBA All-Star Games new format was finally on display. Uh, Team LeBron defeated Team Giannis 157-155. The new format went as follows. The first three quarters were timed at 12 minutes. Uh, after each quarter, though, the score would reset uh, to zero. And then what would happen is in the fourth quarter, before the quarter starts, whoever had the highest score the number 24 was added to the overall points, and then that was the target score that each team had to get to in an untimed fourth quarter, um, which was fantastic. So after the end of three quarters, Giannis' team was up. uh, uh, The score that they had was 133. Uh, You added then the uh, 24 to that to honor Kobe Bryant, which is what the All-Star game did. Fantastic to honor his memory, and that brought the uh, target score up to 157. So to start the fourth quarter, LeBron was actually down by nine um, and had to come back and defeat Giannis and is actually defeated uh, on an 80 free throw, which was a lot of controversy just because not the foul was called, just that you never want to end a game on a free throw. But hey, that's that's how the game ended. Um, honestly, it was a fantastic game, in my opinion. Um, in the last episode, I did talk about that. I believed that the new format would be fun, fresh uh, uh fresh new look of the all-star game and oh man oh man was i uh, i was i have to admit i was i think i was pretty spot on with that um it was great i mean the first quarter you can obviously tell that they were um you know having a little fun it wasn't quite competitive yet uh team lebron did win that quarter um and then team Giannis in the second quarter just came out firing and you can just tell Giannis himself did not want them to lose that second quarter so it was just great to see a little bit more competitiveness come after every quarter. Um, once halftime was over and the third quarter started, the teams tied at that uh, third quarter. So LeBron's team, though, was still down by nine, like I said, to start the fourth quarter. Um, and then it was just fantastic fun and all in the fourth quarter. Again, a completely untimed fourth quarter other than the shot clock. Um and it came down to literally 80 free throws when he was fouled. And, man, there was such good defense. Um, a lot of really good um, shooting that happened. Um, you know, great matchups such as Giannis uh, blocking uh, LeBron shot twice. And then LeBron causing Giannis to do a turnover down in the post late in the fourth quarter. I mean, the whole game from top to bottom was great. But the fourth quarter just really solidified why this new all-star format was absolutely fantastic. Um, at the end of the game, Kawhi Leonard had actually taken home the first ever Kobe Bryant All-Star MVP game. His stats were as followed: thirty points, seven rebounds, and four assists. And he shot an incredible four. Uh, uh, excuse me, he shot an incredible eight of fourteen from threes. And he was fantastic. When he started the first quarter, he was he was shooting it like crazy, and it was absolutely going in. So no doubt that he was uh, feeling it uh, on uh, during the All Star game. 
But, um, you know, overall it was great. A couple other stats I will point out, too. LeBron had 23 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, uh, 9 of 20 shooting. Giannis had an incredible stat line. He could easily take in the MVP, had his team won. Uh, he had uh, 25 points, 4 assists, 11 rebounds, and 3 blocks. Again, like I said, two of them were on LeBron, and they were fantastic. So, in my opinion, overall, the All-Star game was great. Um, them honoring Kobe with... Team Giannis having all 24 on the back of all the players' jerseys. Uh, LeBron's team having number two to uh, uh, to honor uh, Gianna, who was also um, who also tragically passed away in the helicopter accident with Kobe. Um, on the entire All Star game on Sunday and the and the uh, you know the pre show that they did for it was fantastic. Just to honor Kobe. Honestly, this was a great game. I really hope that they do keep up this format. Um, from what I was hearing though, on ESPN, um, they were going to keep the format and a couple of, uh, analysts, uh, Doris Burke, uh, specifically had gone, had gone on, uh, get up and first take and had mentioned that, uh, you know, 24 was such a good number, not only to honor Kobe, but when they were first kicking around this idea, uh, you know, they were thinking of, uh, doing, uh, you know, adding 35 rather than 24, and who knows how that would have gone if they would have added more points to that. I don't know if it would have been as competitive as it was. But, you know, overall, kudos to Chris Paul for bringing this up to Adam Silver. And kudos to Adam Silver for making this um, change happen in the All-Star game. Fantastic. I mean, I can't speak for Drew, unfortunately, because, again, he's not here on this episode. But I definitely think that the All-Star game is probably fixed. Um, and I'm hoping that the players will keep this up because it was not only a great cause to – have each team compete each quarter for, uh, you know, charity essentially and good money for that local for those local charities that they were representing. Um, but also too, after every quarter, it, you know, you you got to you got to see all the all stars play at their fullest potential. Well, I wouldn't say at their fullest potential, but you got to see it in all phases of the game. The we love the the easygoingness of it, where you know players are just jacking up shots everywhere, making great passes. Um, you know, some dunks here and there. And then as the game went on, it was still around, but it got just a little bit more edgier up until the fourth quarter where it finally reached its peak. And we got some fantastic fourth quarter play. So uh, honestly, I was super excited about it. Um, you know, I, I was texting Drew about it uh, all day on Sunday and he was loving it. Um, so I can't wait to uh, have him come back next week when he's feeling better and give his uh, two cents and how he felt how the game was. And his favorite parts of it. And, uh, you know, it, like I said, overall, it was it was fantastic. LeBron and Giannis, their teams uh, came out and they represented and they did fantastic. So uh, major kudos and major props for the NBA and the teams for doing this. It, it was great. Can't wait to see it next year. Um, and I hope you guys all liked it, too. Um, you know, I know that there was uh, quite a few people all over Twitter that were mentioning that it was great. It was fixed. A lot of them had an issue about 80s free throw, um, essentially winning the game. Um, but you know what? That's that's basketball sometimes. You know, I mean, um, there's some games that are decided by free throws in regular season games and playoff games and championship games. And if you want to say, yeah, but, you know, the game like this, it shouldn't end on a free throw. And I'm not saying that that's, you know, false or, or if that's nonsense or, you know, I'm not saying it's also 100% right. Um, they could easily do, change the rule to where if it's a shooting foul, um, you know, there's some circumstances that could change when you do an out of bounds or whatever the case may be. 
I imagine that, uh, you know, hopefully this all-star game change will stay. Um, and it'll just be a great, um, it'll be a great way to keep up a lot of this good old fun here in the all-star game. So, Oh yeah, man, it was good old fun. So let's get into actually talking about uh, a little bit more of the all-star festivities. We're going to actually take it back a day to all-star weekend on Saturday. Um, so let's get it right into it. All right. So on Saturday night was the, uh, NBA all-star weekend festivities. Like I mentioned, uh, the typical contests that usually go on during this, uh, during this night is, uh, the skills competition, the three point shootout and the dunk contest. Uh, gotta be completely honest though. On Saturday, you would have thought that there would have been at least one or even two competitions that kind of, you know, just fell flat on their face. And there's only really one competition that might have really soared above and carried the night. But got to be completely honest, not only was the All-Star Game fantastic on Sunday night, but Saturday night, the night before, was almost arguably as good. I don't remember an All-Star weekend on a Saturday being this fantastic and this fun. Um, you know, I've always, I've never really been that big of a fan of the skills competition, to be honest with you. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's it's very fun to watch at times. But I've never really found myself like sitting on the edge of my seat always, um, you know, just, oh, my gosh, that was such a good uh, move. Oh, my gosh, he missed that pass. I'm kind of wishy-washy about it. But honestly, a lot of good competitors in the uh, skills competition. And it came down to the two I did not think that would actually go on. It was Bam and Sabonis that actually led the finals um, in the skills competition with Bam actually winning. And, uh, you know, it's not the first time that a big man has won the skills competition, but it's just kind of funny how, you know, you would have thought the skills competition would have been of uh, more of a guards kind of competition. And the big man actually took over um, and Bam won it on the three point shot, of course, which is what you do at the final uh, leg of the of the uh, of the contest. So it was a lot of fun to see. I got to be completely honest. I was shocked and pleasantly surprised did not think bam was going to do it but you know kudos to him he is a fantastic young player and you know there's a reason why he's such a monster for the heat uh, and he's so skillful so it's just kind of fitting that he won uh on to the next uh competition that they had was the three-point shootout now for the last few years um i've been more of a fan of the three-point shootout because there's been a lot more bigger name stars that have been competing in it whereas the dunk contest it's never really the elite all-stars that are dunking. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that would have wanted, like, LeBron, uh, Zion, uh, John Morant. Um, anyway, so we'll talk about that later in the dunk contest. But anyways, back to the three-point contest. Uh, the reason why I'm so much more interested is the past few years, you know, you either have Dame Lillard, you either have uh, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Devin Booker. Um, you know, name all the other three pointers that are going on there. Uh, last year's champion, Joe Harris was a, was a really good surprise. Um, I think one year we even had Paul George, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of really big name all-stars have been coming through the three point contest. We had Trey young, by the way, um, also in this competition, not the greatest shooting form at directly at the three point line. I think, um, if it was scooted back about three feet more, it probably his, it would have been a lot better for him, but he, he still did good for a first timer. I'm not going to say anything cause no offense, but I'm not scoring all those three pointers in a competition like that, uh, at all. So, you know, kudos to him for doing all that. But, uh, you know, anyways, um, it was just a really fun competition. I've been really enjoying the three point contest recently, especially since the three pointer is now such a prominent, um, 
prominent weapon now that a lot of teams use. I mean, for example, look at the Houston Rockets going small ball. If it's not on the three-point line or in the inside, they don't take the shot. And so that just kind of tells you how much more popular the three-point contest is becoming. But uh, anyways, it, it was fantastic, to be completely honest with you. Um, Trey Young honest, uh, started it all, did not have the greatest score, but each competitor scored just a little bit more. Uh, Devin Booker, who was a late uh, entry because uh, Damian Lillard um, injured, uh, got injured in uh, the game prior to the All-Star weekend, filled in for uh, Damian at the three-point contest and in the All-Star game. By the way, he did great. Um, and anyways, in the three-point contest, he and Buddy Heald led with the high scores that went into the finals, which, by the way, the finals were fantastic. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken... Uh, Devin Booker had uh, either scored 25 or 27 in the final round. I want to say it was 25. And then Buddy Heald had scored uh, 27 uh, in the final round to defeat Devin Booker. And the last shot, his last money ball was at the buzzer going in. Uh, almost similar to the Larry Bird where he shot it and won it at the buzzer as well. But this one was a little bit sweeter. I got to be honest, I do not remember three-point contest uh, scores being this high. You know, I remember, I'll even just say 10 years ago, uh, when the All-Star game, when they'd have the three-point shooting contest, um, you know, you if you got 18, 19 points, oh my gosh, that was amazing, you know? And now, if you don't score 23, 24 points, you don't qualify to round number two or get in the finals, you know? So, it's kind of weird how... The game has definitely revolved around the three-point competition and really um, has really embraced it. And, you know, at one point I thought before this is before the dunk contest, by the way, I thought that the three-point contest was the best event there. It was so exciting. My son and I were on the edge of our seats. And as soon as Buddy Heald hit that uh, hit that buzzer beating three to basically defeat uh, Devin Booker, we were just standing up, shouting, you know, doing all that fan stuff. And we were just we're on the edge of our seat with all that drama and uh, and all that anxiety and and excitement. It was it's fantastic. The three point competition does not disappoint. It only gets better, and I think that's been happening for like the last few years. And honestly, we should probably thank Steph Curry for that for basically revolutionizing the game and you know making it uh, you know making it a regular occasion for three pointers rather than a one like you know having to heave hove it uh, in the last seconds of the shot clock or. You know, you got that one player that just wants to do whatever he wants or shoots it from three and then he gets benched. Now it's like it's a part of the offense and it's worked into the game plan. And you have shooters on the floor now that are specialists at this. And definitely you can see it on display here when you see the three-point competition. So definitely a lot of fun with that. So, um, And then the very last competition of the uh, All-Star Weekend Night was, of course, the dunk contest. And let's just say it was a huge disappointment not a huge disappointment in the sense of that it flopped uh, it a huge disappointment in the sense of, you know, how the champion was crowned. So give you guys a little bit of, uh, of uh, a summary of what essentially happened. So first round with all four dunkers, they all had really good dunks. Um, honestly, probably um, I think the funnest dunk was probably uh, Pat's dunk. He had a really good one where he basically paid homage to uh, white men can't jump. Cause you know, he's white and uh, he, he was great. I was definitely surprised by him. Dwight Howard had a really good three, like a reverse. I wouldn't say it was a reverse 360, but it was an opposite 360 where he kind of did like a spread out. And then he 
was able to turn around and then dunk it. And it was just kind of unique, definitely underrated. I think not a 50 by any means, but you know, I thought it was a pretty good dunk. Um, and then, uh, you know, Derek Jones jr. Had a fantastic first dunk. And then Aaron Gordon, Holy cow. Did he have a fantastic competition? Uh, first dunk was a 50, of course. Um, and then the second dunks were pretty good. Pat's had a really good one where he jumped over, uh, Giannis patted the, uh, or excuse me, tapped the backboard and then slammed it home. That was, that was really good. Dwight's, uh, dunk to, uh, uh, to honor Kobe was, was really sweet. That was a nice gesture. Um, Derek Jones Jr. though, and Aaron Gordon each got fifties on their second dunks, which prompt them to go into the, uh, to the final round. And honestly, this is where the fun really began. Um, Derek Jones was, had some thunderous dunks where, you know, he would just jump out of this, just jump out of his sneakers. It seemed like, and then just slam it home with such authority. And I thought his dunks were really, really good, but I honestly thought Aaron Gordon's dunks were better. Um, he had one dunk where, um, I believe it was Markel Fultz bounced it off the side of the backboard and, Gordon grabs it with one hand and does a 360, uh, very, very similar to the dunk that he did back in 2016, where the mascot was on the hoverboard rotating, and then he basically cuffs it with one hand, does a 360, somewhat of a windmill kind of a slam, but he did this, this time it was off, uh, off the bounce, off the side of the backboard, and on the side, and it was absolutely amazing. Um, Gordon also had some other fantastic uh, dunks. His final dunk, though, which was the most surprising, is he jumped over uh, Taco Falls, uh, seven foot five Taco Falls, for his final dunk and scored a forty-seven, a forty-seven. And I don't know about you, if anyone can jump over Taco Falls, they deserve a fifty. Um, and a lot of people are probably going to say, "Well, you know, he didn't completely clear him." I saw that he cleared him. I saw that Taco Falls hands. Uh, really were left up there. So they really kind of grabbed on to Gordon's legs as he was coming up or uh, excuse me, like really going to the rim. And that to me, like he cleared his head, he would have cleared him had if taco falls had felt the ball go and then dropped his hands, Gordon would have cleared him. Absolutely. I, in my opinion, you know, the replay will show that it was more or less taco falls hands being held up there caught Gordon's legs and that's what made it look like he didn't clear him but he the replay shows that he was clearly above him and cleared him just again his hands got caught on his legs and then um unfortunately it's kind of ironic and uh really heartbreaking but Derek Jones Jr.'s final dunk was an attempt at a free throw line dunk uh, again it was about a step ish a step and a half inside the free throw line and he did a he did a through the legs left handed slam, which was really nice. I mean, don't get me wrong, super athletic, and that actually got a forty eight, which then prompted him to then take home the championship. Now, I will admit that I was a little uh, I was a little um, torn because in the last episode I predicted Jer- Derek Jones Jr. would win the slam dunk competition, which I was right. But then why I was torn is because. It, Aaron Gordon absolutely deserved to win that competition. Um, Derek Jones Jr.'s dunks were not better than Aaron Gordon, in my opinion. Aaron Gordon absolutely had the better dunks. Um, he had all 50s up until the last dunk, which should have been a 50, by the way. 
So even Derek Jones Jr. in round one didn't have a 50. So, you know, Gordon literally gets four 50s and he still doesn't win. Um, and I, you know, honestly, you could probably make a, an argument that back in 2016 when he went against Zach Levine, he probably should have been the slam dunk champion too. Um, and it's just unfortunate for Gordon because he lost that one too with um, Zach Levine. I believe he did a windmill. No, no, no. I beg your pardon. Zach Levine did the through the legs um, attempt from the free throw line. And I believe Derek Jones Jr. did the windmill from the free throw line. And ironically, both of those dunks scored higher than Gordon's final dunk, which is what decided the championship. So definitely was a lot of comp uh, controversy during the end of the dunk competition. Buzz all over Twitter about it. Um, poor Gordon, though. I mean, you put your heart and soul in that. Super, uh, far more creative, in my opinion, than uh, Derek Jones Jr.'s dunks. So, you know, it's really unfortunate. He's a, he's a he's fantastic to watch. I know he said that he was done with dunk competitions, which is terrible because it's so beautiful to watch him do it. I really hope that he changes his mind or he gets fan pressured into doing them uh, because he really needs to be in the dunk competition. It's just... He is honestly probably one of the top three best dunkers I've ever witnessed, uh, you know, uh, during all the time that I've ever watched dunk competitions. Um, and he was great. I've never seen something more creative than him. Uh, I just don't know what to say. I just I feel for the guy, though, losing and losing almost on very similar dunks to what he lost to the first go around. So four years later, he comes back more creative and he still lost. So super super unfortunate but anyway so that was just some of the recap that happened during the all-star weekend um i honestly thought it was a fantastic weekend not only like i said was sunday fantastic but saturday beforehand was great um and also too you can easily make the argument that the uh, rising stars competition on friday night i believe it was friday night or, or maybe it was no it was friday night uh, the Rising Stars competition on Friday night was just as good. I mean, honestly, it's a really lazy pickup game. But with Zion Williamson and Trey Young, uh, Luka Doncic in there, and then you had uh, uh, John Morant, um, all a lot of the other elite young rookie players in there. Oh, well, not really rookies, but you know, second year guys. Um, really, a lot of good fun competition. And the future is bright for the NBA, folks. I'm gonna, I'm just going to say that right now. It's looking really, really good. So, All right, everybody. So let's go ahead and talk about the uh, XFL Week 2 since we've kind of been talking about the last couple of episodes. Might as well just keep up that trend for now. Um, anyway, so the XFL had their Week 2. Uh, also this past weekend, that kind of went alongside of the NBA All-Star Weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Um, and I got to be completely honest with you folks, um, Saturday's games, I really tried my best to watch as much of it as I could, especially the guardians and the defenders game. Holy cow. Was that a rough one? Um, yeah, goodness gracious. Uh, honestly, it was a really hard game to watch. Um, slow at a lot of points straight up though. Uh, D DC has a really good team. Their defense is spectacular. Um, and their offense is really good too, but also the reason why is Cardell Jones. He is a, still a really good quarterback, um, in a, in the XFL. And honestly, he could probably keep up with the NFL. 
Anyways, here's Cardell Jones' stat line. He went, uh, he completed 23 passes out of 37 attempts for 276. Uh, two touchdowns, one interception, quarterback rating of 91.7. He was absolutely great. Um, he, he was uh, really good with the ball. Um, he had one really good long rush uh, rush as well. But honestly, their de- the, the defender's defense uh, was really the telling thing they had. Let's see. There's one, two and a half, two and a half sacks. Um, and then also they had two interceptions off of Matt McGloin, which brings me to the Guardians. Matt McGloin, former Oakland Raider quarterback Matt McGloin, by the way, um, stat line went as follows. Now, brace yourself, folks. It's a doozy. Uh, he completed eight passes out of 19 attempts, eight for 19 for 44 yards. Uh, according to the app on the XFL app here, it says that he, uh, his average completed yards was 2.3 yards. He also had 10 interceptions with a rating of 10.1. Wow. The quarterback that replaced him in the fourth quarter went four for eight, 51 yards. Uh, average yardage was uh, 6.4, and his rating was 70. Um, and if you guys haven't heard the sound bites all over uh, ESPN, and I think even FS1, uh, you know, depending on who you're listening to, um, has played the sound clip of Matt McGloin essentially saying that uh, we need to change the entire offensive game plan uh, at halftime. And uh, that whole drama that ensued right as halftime started uh, and then in the fourth quarter when he got benched and then the sound, bi- the sound uh, bites that Matt McGloin gave everybody when he's talking, I, I think it was the other quarterback or whoever the other player was on the team. That was the absolutely worst game that he's ever been a part of. And, you know, Matt McGloin, you're absolutely right. Out of all the time I've probably ever watched you since you played for my Oakland Raiders, that was not very good football on your part, my friend. Now, I'm not a, I'm not saying that I can compete with that. Um, honestly, just as a seeing what he can do and what he did last week in the XFL, uh, I think we can all agree he, he – and I think he would agree too that he's a lot better than that. So, But, you know, hey – We'll see if he's even starting next week. Uh, you know, I, he's, in my opinion, he's a good quarterback. Just for some reason, this was the absolute worst game ever. And really the wrong time, the wrong league to do it in, considering the XFL really needs all quarterback play to be spectacular. Um, and you can clearly tell that if you don't have a really good quarterback, your team is barely average. And that's XFL average, you know, that, and again, these are a lot of former good college players. Some of them NFL players, majority of them probably a practice squad or whatever else, but still though, what I, what I took away from Saturday's games were, and especially that. So, so on Saturday's games, not only was it the guardians and the defenders, but it was also the Vipers and the dragons. Uh, it was uh, Tampa Bay versus Seattle in Seattle, which by the way, Seattle is a football town folks. I don't know if you guys saw the crowd, over there but it was fantastic anyways my point being though is these two games on saturday all four teams had one thing in common well excuse me three out of these four teams had one thing in common they had absolutely no quarterback that was good enough to be on the field for whatever reason cordell jones was the only one that was head and shoulders above everybody else clearly and then every other quarterback was 
was terrible. The Vipers had two quarterbacks. Well, they rotated two quarterbacks, but um, uh, Cornelius was one of the quarterbacks that they had. He went six for 27, so good, you know, eh, we'll just say good passing ratio, I suppose. For 154, average 5.7 yards. He threw two interceptions, though, and his quarterback rating was 44.4. Flowers, uh, looks like the other guy that was doing some of the throws, Went three for seven, 18 yards, 2.6 yards per average, uh, rating of 10.7. So clearly not the best. Um, and that was the Vipers. Um, they lost, by the way, 9-17 to 17 in a slugfest. I would say that was probably a defensive game. Uh, Drew would have loved games like that. Um, actually, mm, I don't know if it was really a defensive game. I think it was more poor playing, I guess. Um, however, Tampa Bay, if it makes – if it – means anything had more overall yards than seattle even though seattle won so that's kind of fun um and however the dragons though also had their quarterback issues really it was the uh really the rushing and the defense that kind of got them afloat uh their quarterback silvers went seven for 18 for 91 yards averaging 5.1 yards per average uh through one touchdown and one interception and his quarterback rating was 50.9 so he had the best rating out of the out of the other two quarterbacks that the Vipers put out. But, you know, clearly the XFL, um, one of the things that they really need to work on, and I don't know how they're going to do it, but, you know, they're a new league. They need to figure it out, is they need to find good quarterbacks to really plug in in each team. And what makes it tough is the X, uh, the NFL obviously has all of the good quarterbacks that are probably ever going to be available outside of, let's say, Colin Kaepernick. Because, um let's be honest there's a couple of backup quarterbacks that are not as good as Colin Kaepernick but they're on a roster and he's not but um the XFL needs to find a way to get I don't know quarterbacks out of retirement uh you know get these uh maybe get some of these quarterbacks that uh you know I don't know if you guys ever seen the documentary uh uh what is it called last season you or something rather like that. It's about the JUCO football team that uh, gets all these Division One type athletes transferred over to them when they're on like some sort of probation period or they're in trouble or with academics or whatever. And they're a juggernaut team, and they they go through this season. And you know these players that are ultra talented, they they essentially are just a you know a, uh, I don't know what you would call them. They're just like a basically like a stepping stone for them to get back into division one or two or whatever it is you know they need to probably go and recruit some of those players over there that no d1 team is ever going to go to because i'm sure they'll find some really good quarterbacks out of there or at least something that's a little bit better than what the quarterback play we saw on saturday um and i gotta be completely honest with you guys i didn't see any of the sunday games uh andrew said that he did and you know if he wants to talk about that when he gets back he totally can but you know, just looking at the scores and looking at the at the stats, clearly the difference between Saturday and Sunday was the teams that played, which was Dallas, L.A., Houston, and uh, St. Louis, is they all had reliable, good quarterbacks on their team. So Dallas has Landry Jones, who this is his stat line. It was a really good one. It went 28 for 40 for 305, uh, one touchdown, two interceptions, quarterback rating of 79.7. So Losing quarterback, or excuse me, was he the losing quarterback? No, he was the winning quarterback. Um, he had a really good stat line. Um, and then it was really, though, the running back. Uh, 
mm, artist Payne uh, with Lance Dunbar also as the backup running back. Uh, he had, you know, uh, artist Payne had two rushing touchdowns, rushed 14 times for 99 yards. So that was a, they had a really good rush game going on. Uh, I see that they had like two sacks here. So they got maybe a little bit of quarterback pressure, but at least quarterback was Josh Johnson who went 18 for 34. It's not the greatest stat line. 196 through two touchdowns, no interceptions though. Uh, pass rating of 80, 89.8. Um, then honestly, I don't see he had uh, one receiver spruce that he went to a lot, but you know I'm seeing here that their defense, uh, you know, relatively played relatively the same. Essentially, they had two sacks as well. Uh, obviously, they picked off Landry Jones though about uh, two times, but. That team came out on top. That score was 25-18, to 18, so clearly that was a little bit better of the game. Um, and honestly, again, I didn't watch these games, but just reading these stat lines, you can probably tell that they're basically based off of the quarterback play. Um, and again, just to kind of review the last score, which was Houston and St. Louis. Um, St. Louis had a quarterback. I cannot pronounce his name. Andrew's totally going to make fun of me. I'm just going to try and say it's Ta uh, Amu. Time you. I'm, that's probably completely wrong. Drew's probably going to be laughing at me. Y'all are probably laughing at me. It's totally fine. Uh, anyways, said quarterback <laughs> stat line was uh, 30 completions off of 37 attempts. Really good, by the way. Um, 284 passing yards. 284 passing yards. Three touchdowns, two interceptions. Quarterback rating above 100. So that was a really, really good uh, stat line right there. Um, yeah, clearly you can tell that these, uh, quarterbacks were basically making this get, uh, basically making Sunday a lot, a lot better to watch than these, uh, Saturday games. And I'm telling you guys, these Saturday games were rough. So anyways, let's go back to a couple of the other stats before you guys tune me out. Cause I would tune myself out on these XFL scores too. Uh, anyways, so the Houston um, Roughnecks had P.J. Walker, Phil Walker, P.J. Walker. Um, let's just say that he, him and Cardell Jones are turning into the face of the league. Again, they're quarterbacks, so go figure. Um, P.J. Walker's though, stat line, uh, 20 completions, 31 attempts, 170 in yardage, three touchdowns, quarterback rating of 111. He also rushed four times for 27 yards, so... Mobile quarterback will stress that, um, and he was he was great. I was wa- I w- did watch some of the highlights of this game, and definitely you can tell he's the best player on the field. Um, really good quarterback, um, really fun to watch. I'm actually looking forward to the next time he plays. He plays with Houston, and they will actually go against the Seattle Vipers in Seattle on a Saturday. So at least now there's a little bit more diversity in quarterback playing. Uh, so some of these games should be a little bit more appetizing. So anyways, guys, that's your, uh, that is your XFL update. So if you guys really dug that, then stay tuned. Cause, uh, I don't know how much more we're going to put out of this XFL stuff if they keep playing like this. And, uh, to be truthful, if they keep playing like this, I don't know how much longer they're going to be around. Um, so yeah, anyways, guys, um, yeah, let's talk about something else. (laughs) 
Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Drew Coat Sports Talk. For more podcast episodes, head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can find us on anchor.fm for more episodes. Also, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Drew Coat Sports Talk. Again, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We will see you guys next week.